Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Tickets to the chaos train all aboard. Here we are. We were fully packed. We're on board. The chaos train is leaving the station. Let's talk. 40, 40 minutes late. Cool. <laughs> oh, God. How are you doing, babe? Don't ask me that. Come on. How are you doing? I was, I was actually having a really nice morning until I tried to set up for this. And then every week, without fail, something goes wrong. And I don't know why I'm using the same equipment. I'm in the same house. There's no reason for it. No just, reason. Just torture from yeah. the universe. Yeah. You know, um, you can believe or not in Mercury and retrograde. Will doesn't. He's laughing. I do. Shit goes wrong. My computer died. So I'm coming to you live from a an ancient desktop. You know, we do what we got to do. I don't, know if I, I don't know for all of my woo-woo stuff I actually don't Can't know get behind Mercury in retrograde I don't know I don't know I don't not believe it I just don't know enough about it to be like yeah that feels right I just um, know that it happens in my life without fail but when Facebook when Facebook and everything went down there was so many like I follow like woo-woo accounts and they all like don't believe in Mercury retrograde how about now <laughs> Well, we and already like, know that was an inside yeah. job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Calm down. And I can't cat. Oh, my, my God. My kitty. You know, cat. <laughs> yeah. Did you think it was the ghost of Kit Kit? How are you doing? Oh, just, that? It's been a week oh, since we lost Kit him. Kit. How are you doing? No, it's been a couple weeks, I think, hasn't it? It's been a couple weeks since you lost Kit Kit. How are you doing? I'm fine. I just miss him. Like even today when I took the bins out, I heard a little sound and it's always those babies next door. They got like baby kids over there. And it was like a scream thing from a baby and it sounded like my kit kit. And I was like, it wasn't him. I miss him so much. And I only had him for a couple of months, but like, I really loved that little thing. Hey, as we've said before, it's not the length of a connection. It's the quality. It really is. He's just such a good boy. Um, I know my little kid. I love him. I look at pictures of him like every day. <laughs> oh, I know. I had the f- five month anniversary of Ivy anniversary. Five months of Ivy being dead. <laughs> How do you feel about the word death anniversary? Death anniversary. Um, I hate it. I, I hate, hate it. that. No, I don't like that. I'm not gonna. Get, no, it's a thing. It's a thing that people is it say. really. Yeah, I don't like it. No, I don't like that at all. Um, but listen, anyways, uh, listen. we could go on and on about our various bereavements. <laughs> 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 yes, we have quite a few. I was in the shower yesterday. I was thinking about it. I'm actually getting a bit teary now. I was thinking about it, and I was just in the shower. I was just like, <laughs> no. anymore I was like I'm not no one else come into my life don't no animals no people I don't want any more friends I don't want to love anyone else no we'll be getting you a kitten for Christmas this year stay the absolute fuck away from me I'm unprepared (laughs) to lose anything else (laughs) um so yeah maybe we shouldn't Um, even be friends anymore no this is why we're gonna do remote um streaming from now on because i'm yeah i never want to see you again (laughs) i never want to see you in person again we were speaking to one of our guests one of our friends wait did she say on the podcast i think she did when she was like her boyfriend was like don't go on that podcast everyone they love dies (laughs) Listen, people, here is one of the things about grief is that if you love somebody, and I'm assuming there are a a list of at least five people you love, grief, that's that's potential grief right there. What did you post on our Instagram? Uh, Grief is love's finale, grand finale. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know who said that about our podcast, but I got news for you. 
everyone everyone loves is going to die. So it's not just us, right? <laughs> we're just discussing it. That's the difference. We're just, we're just talking about it. Exactly. Um, Most people just uh, eat a chocolate cake and just never talk about it again. <laughs> Which is what I'm considering doing. Um, <laughs> so should we crack on with the news? Yeah, ready? <gasps> It's not world news. It's not important news. It's it's Lucy and Annabelle news. Why'd you stop in the middle of the diddledas? You just stopped and stared at me. Were you ready for me to stop it too? No, because your sound cut out, and I was like, "Is it? Is she? Is she?" That was pretty good today. It was fine. That was the best we've had so far. Listeners, can you, when you hear this, can you text us on Instagram and tell us if you think that we should record a proper news jingle or if this one's good enough? I like it because it makes me laugh. (laughs) Um, But anyway, let's start with my shit news. All right, guys, I have shit news. I haven't even really looked at this. It just, it caught my eye because Lucy and I have been both been dealing with financial things this week yeah um lucy is gonna blame mercury mercury retrograde yeah for her various like she's been on the phone for at least 56 hours this week talking to different financial institutions about this that and the other about all my investments my many investments yes but it's not as many hours as you've been on the phone with banks that won't let you access accounts I can get into the accounts, but hey, good luck finding anything uh, in there. That, that makes any sense. Yeah, that makes Jesus any sense. Jesus Christ. If you guys, if you guys thought that uh, doing your taxes couldn't be any worse, I got news for you. <laughs> How about this? How about doing your dead husband's taxes and his business taxes with a business account that's got no information on it? And I've got no idea what anything is or what it's for. Um, so I've had to literally go through like photos, things in my calendar, memories and sit there and try and like remember like what we bought when looking things up online going how much was oh no literally like, and what then is all- this charge for $987 yeah exactly and like some of it I've been able to piece together a lot of it I have but then there's like basically anything that we would have been able to write off for like client shit nothing oh because i don't have the receipts <laughs> and i started going through my um like photos to try and put it to dates to see if there was stuff in there that's insane and it was, no and it was what so, do you mean like, like maybe if you two took a picture with it of like a selfie at best like, buy yeah. or something like yeah or, new tv yeah or like you know did we take a, a lunch date out, producer out to dinner that day were we meeting with a vendor like were we with our with our um employees just to try and figure out literally fucking anything um so that was well no wonder you haven't had time for the news jesus haven't had any time for it um but one thing that caught my eye this morning was in okay you know it's just more harry and megan i'm obsessed okay okay we haven't talked about them in a while haven't talked about them in at least 10 days. What's the latest? Um, inside Harry and Megan's very hippie <gasps> investment firm, Ooh. founders of Ethical Banking Company, including former £37,000 a year Epsom College schoolboy, begin meetings by thanking each other and list a dog as its chief smile officer. <laughs> that. The Sussexes have been appointed impact partners at Ethic, based in New York, with a huge fund of cash. The couple were introduced to the firm by friends, but haven't said how much they were investing or what they're going to be paid. Ethic claims it will only invest investors' cash in businesses it believes passes its social responsibility criteria. New Deal comes after types with Netflix and Spotify and following their trip to the Big Apple last month. Um, well, get me work- over there. Get my <laughs> money. I mean, I'm an investor right now. Let's get over to Ethic. Doesn't that sound actually like really nice? Yeah, there's a smiling dog. Um, I'm gonna. Oh no, they look like they. Oh god, what? these men. Don't think I. I don't think I can trust these men with my money. They look way too happy. Oh, they do. That's yeah. dangerous. 
Yeah, rich people don't usually look this happy. They look really stressed. I don't, stressed I don't trust and people who are inside. too happy. I don't trust people <laughs> who are too happy. No. Oh, look, here's a proper press photo of them. Oh, that one on the left's kind of sexy. <laughs> oh, I like this one. Oh, honey. Sexy <laughs> for a new banking venture? That is what I've decided is missing from like American institutions in general. Like you know how I feel that the president can can only be somebody that can still fuck. Right. Right. Yeah. And I think a big missed trick on the chat around like why Hillary didn't win the presidency. Yeah. Everyone's like, oh, it's because she's a woman. It's because she's a woman. It's like she's got no, no fuckability. She's a frumper dumper. She, no sex appeal, none. Literally fucking minus sex appeal. And also, I think there's like a really twisty element of it whereby like, you know how, I don't know if you're familiar with the story of uh, Bill Clinton getting his dick sucked by Monica Lewinsky. <laughs> um, I don't know if you're familiar with that little ditty, but however much, <laughs> however much you like it or don't like it, Society, when a man cheats on a woman, society judges the woman. What is wrong with her? Why is she deficient? You fucking know it's true. I know it's true. It it makes her look like sexually unviable, especially during that time, back before we had all of our like sex positivity bullshit going on. And it's like, yeah, not even her husband wants to fuck her. So how is America going to want to fuck her? How's it? How's America going to want to fuck her and have her fuck other people on our behalf? Anyway, anyway, anyway. So the point is, is that there's this hippie, these hippies, these fucking rich hippies. He literally says here, we love hippies, the sexy one. I don't really know anything about money or investing. I'm I'm making this up as I go along. Um, Ryan was really good at that stuff. I'm trying to learn. And I'm not really good at it. Thank God. Good. Thank God. But also my advice to you, Lucy, is get familiar with it. And this is something also, by the way, I know it seems like I've had a lot of coffee. I haven't. I haven't had any. Um, While we're on the money chat is like it's been a big wake up call for me. Obviously, losing Ryan in general with everything, but specifically with like money and accountability as far as me, like knowing what was going on with things. I'm lucky that there was no surprises with anything that Ryan was doing, like zero surprises. But the point is, is that now I'm in a position where I like don't know what things are. I don't know how to run our investments. I don't know. So I've had to get um, basically like employ like a firm to do that for me. I don't even know what any of it means. And I really regret that. I really regret there are so many things like I didn't know how to put printer ink in. I didn't know how to do this. I didn't know how to do that because Ryan took care of everything. And I'm just really encourage anyone listening who is in a relationship or a marriage, like not to be dreary, but like shit happens as we've learned here, like know, know what's going on. You don't have to be an expert, but I went into it completely blind, like completely blind. Yeah. I appreciate you saying that that has crossed my mind many times just the other day I was watching Will on the computer and he was looking at um crypto currency mm-hmm. stuff and I didn't understand any of it and I thought if he wasn't here to do this I'd be fucked and we have well, no, we, you get, I know you I know I get wouldn't somebody. but like at the beginning like I don't even know where our passwords are I don't yeah. know how to get yeah. into those accounts I don't know what website that was yeah, I don't know where that exists, and I would need exactly. a lot of help to retrieve my money. And exactly, it's a scary thought. And then you you push those thoughts away because you don't, don't. Want to think like that. Don't. But it is a wake up call. And you also talked to me when Ryan died about life insurance and things mm-hmm. like that that we don't think about in our twenties and thirties. But Ryan did, and thank God yeah. he did. Yeah. Well, and also. Me, we didn't have a we didn't have a will, we didn't have anything like that. And the only reason Ryan's estate didn't go into probate was because I was the beneficiary of the life insurance. So it doesn't matter if you're married, mm. your shit will go into probate to be disputed if somebody wants to dispute anything. Oh. So if Big I was lessons, tough if, lessons, you know, and that's a that's the thing, is like I just massively encourage and listen, women especially, because 
let's be honest like in the for, for the most part what happens is you know men and women or whoever get married the men. breadwinner is is let's be honest usually the man i would say mm-hmm. in most cases who's earning the lion's share just because of the way things are structured women are the ones that have the babies okay so here we are we're out of the workforce whatever whatever so around me so much what i see is like men and women like getting divorced and shit or breaking up a woman is 10 15 years out of the workforce because she's been raising kids 20 years maybe she's in her 40s maybe she's in her 50s and she's fucked yeah it's happened to a lot of women i know it is actually scary it's actually scary and then these women are out on their own they've got no money no fucking skills yeah. skills inverted commas right they've spent the, their job for the last however many years has been keeping their family together and now they've got jack shit right and that like uh, the situation i'm in it reminds me of that it's not that but it it was a big wake up call to me and it's like one thing i will say to anyone that's like married or in a relationship is just you don't have to know everything but like button your shit up have a master list of passwords if there are investments, understand what they are, where they are, how to access them, just shit like that. Because, oh, baby, have I spent a year doing it. Yeah, this is real life shit. And we all need to take responsibility for ourselves and make sure that we'd be okay, no matter what. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, you get in the habit, you get into the dynamic of putting each other in charge of different things. Because there's things that I'm in charge of that Will doesn't know about. Yeah. And if I went away, he wouldn't, he would have to start at zero. So just communicating, getting on the same page with that, having those difficult conversations, Hey, let's talk about a will so that things are clear. And that Mm -hmm. when, if one of us went away, I'll just say it that way, that there wouldn't be a fight from anybody wouldn't be able to come at us about anything. It's mm-hmm. all clear. Exactly. We know what the deal is. I think that's so important. And it's really hard to confront that and have that conversation. But as you know, it's necessary. You know, thank God Ryan was as organized as he was because we did have a lot of those conversations before, but there is also, even with him being as organized as he was and our ship being as tied up as it was, I'm still scratching my head for the loss. 10 months yeah so um you know even this week so well good for you um, that's been so overwhelming and you're 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 I can't believe you're having to do all that but you're making progress you have handled a lot of things yeah you have it's good it's all good it's just what you've got to do um but that's my news sorry about the tangent every single time I do a tangent whatever it's what I do get over it don't listen if you don't like it (laughs) So my news this week is um, about what's going on with Dave Chappelle. Uh, The comedian just performed at the Hollywood Bowl. In the audience were Brad Pitt, Tiffany Haddish, Stevie Wonder, Snoop Dogg was there. He sold it out. He got a standing ovation. And he said, if this is what being canceled is, I love it. (laughs) (laughs) He... There's a lot of controversy around his new Netflix special, The Closer. So apparently Netflix is standing by him. They've had several employees boycotting, saying that they're not going to come to work. And Netflix says, okay, (laughs) we stand by Dave Chappelle. We are not going to censor what he's doing. Um, why Why is this news to you? So he said on stage at the Hollywood Bowl, Fuck Twitter, fuck NBC News, ABC News, all these stupid ass networks. I'm not talking to them. I'm talking to you. This is real life. That's why I like it. That's why it's news to me is because he's standing up to people twisting things. Mm. Um, He's defending his creative license. And I like that. Yeah. What do you think? I mean, I like, I really think that... um whether it's like a popular opinion or not, I I do believe that for whatever reason, I think comedians need to be almost like separate from the kind of woke police appropriate, politically correct conversation. I just do. I think that we need 
an outlet for um, the tension surrounding everything. Um, and I think that we need comedians for that. And I think that I'm just, I guess, specifically around Dave Chappelle, I don't know why this is news. He's been doing it for a long time. Like with the fat suit thing, if you don't like it, don't watch the special. You know there's going to be jokes in there about white people. You yeah. know there's going to be jokes in there about trans people and gay people and women and crackheads. Like, it's what he does. And if what he does isn't for you, then don't watch. Yeah. I just, I just feel... What makes me feel like sensitive is that I'm just feeling like we're going into this place where everything is like everything and everyone is just being castrated. And we're going into this like non-binary, neutral, neutral, don't offend, don't say anything too far this way, don't say anything too far that way world that is, is feeling more and more gray to me. Mm-hmm. I don't have to agree with everything everyone says. One of my favorite podcasts I listen to, the girls say things all the time where I'm just like, fuck you know. But I go back every week. I love it because there are other things they say in other parts of their personalities that I love. I think that you can take and leave bits of people and do, do, say, do you know what, Dave Chappelle? Love your jokes, love your skit. I could live without the trans stuff, not for me. Like, what happened to just that? <laughs> I like know? that. Like, I really like that point. Yeah, you should be able to take bits and pieces of people or concepts or anything and be okay with not having to accept them 110%. And the just... thing I like about this story is that Netflix, I, the thing that makes it news to me is Netflix's reaction. Yeah. Uh, they, they got a lot of, Shit, you know, there's David Johns from NBJC, executive director, said uh, that Netflix should be ashamed. They should immediately pull his program from its platform and apologize to the transgender community. And they said, we're not going to do that. And they've also said that it's not true that they are suspending employees for speaking out against it on Twitter and all kinds of things. Mm -hmm. They have encouraged their employees to speak freely about their feelings, but they stand by his creative license. And I appreciate that. And I'm happy to hear that. So I guess that's what makes it news. Okay. Have you seen the special? Yeah, I I saw it. Yeah, me Um, too. What did you what did you think of it outside the if you can be objective outside the controversy outside of all of that? (laughs) Yeah. Like, what are your feelings about it? I watched it with the aim to be objective and leave everything I'd heard about it at the door and just listen to him, listen to what he was saying. And I kept waiting for the really offensive stuff. And it never came. Right. And then the way he tied it in at the end with the beautiful story he told about his friend. Mm. I thought what he said was really powerful and positive, actually. And I found it strange. What I was left with was this realization that people aren't really listening I don't think because I don't think what he was saying was meant to condemn anyone I think as a comedian with creative license you are poking fun at everyone and which he does pokes fun at all kinds of people but I really thought what he said was powerful and what did you think I loved it I thought it was excellent I thought it was I thought the jokes were great. I thought, you know, I don't watch Dave Chappelle and think, oh, yeah, there's going to be nothing offensive in this. I think that's the thing that I find weird about all of the outrage. It's like Dave Chappelle tells racist jokes. He tells sexist jokes. He tells homophobic jokes. He tells transphobic jokes. He tells fatphobic jokes. Um, If you're easily offended, don't watch Dave Chappelle. I just, it's again, like this thing that you and I talk about a lot is that people just want the world to like be catered around them and just be all soft and squishy. And so that they never have to like bump into any hard edges. And I think that you just have to be kind of a bit more responsible for your own 
you know mental health and just not engage in it if it's not for you um if you're going to be offended by the things he's saying yeah I mean he he makes as much fun of white women as anything I mean he makes plenty of jokes about white women his whole thing is like is the most of it is about criticizing white people and white culture which I'm not offended by in the slightest um I'm not at all I think what he's saying is hilarious I don't have to always agree with him right but I think he's so funny and there's definitely been a couple times where he said things that were like sexist where I've been like "Eh." but ultimately I'm titillated by the like extremes that he goes to and that's why I watch Dave Chappelle I'm not watching Dave Chappelle because I want to hear like funny anecdotes about like family life and being married <laughs> yeah. you know, so that's not why I go to a, a Dave Chappelle show it's because I want him to talk about like crackheads and fat people and trans people and gay people and his dick and you know like that's what I'm trying to hear yeah that's why sh- that's why I showed up to this to watch this Netflix special um and I think you know like I've said to you in our own chats about it I find the outrage to be frustrating because where is the outrage about like all of the other fucked up shit that's on Netflix, like the gratuitous violence towards women, the um, gratuitous scenes of like sexual assault, sexual harassment, sexual abuse of women, um, like paedophilic undertones and so many things. Like if you're going to have a fucking hissy fit about Dave Chappelle jokes and his special that he does once a year, where's your outrage about all the other stuff? I just think it's, I'm just bored of hearing everyone whining on and on. It's so boring. And I think what I saw that Dave Chappelle stands for is not taking yourself so seriously. Exactly. Exactly. I thought it was really powerful. I'm always left when I watch Dave Chappelle at the end. Just I just sit there with my mouth open. He always ends it in a way that is like so thought provoking. I know. And so intense that I just sit there like... Oh my fucking God. What have I, I just, just got schooled? I know. Yeah, I got schooled. Exactly. I feel like I've just been taken to school and, and that's what I want from him. And I thought the, the story that he told about his friend Daphne was so empowering um, yeah. for him, for her, for their relationship. Um, I loved hearing about her. I loved hearing about his friendship and his love with her and, you know, I love when he said like she's my people and I when he said that what I understood him to be saying was she's a comedian she's an artist she's a performer that's my people yeah and at the end when he said stop punching down on my people I got chills all over me uh the comment that he made about taking a man's livelihood is as good as killing him directly correlates to his closing statement which is stop punching down on my people um I think you know he's just over cancel culture and it's sort of rightly so I just and I think people appreciate that and that's why he got the standing ovation at the bowl because people are over this it's not about my people versus your people it's not about like you say Annabelle I don't care what you are just be a good person that's his point too yeah yeah I liked that he said like Twitter isn't a real place like that just loved that me laughing because it made me think because I see stuff on Twitter all the time and I'm like oh fucking hell and then I remind myself like literally if I said this thing that I've seen on Twitter to anyone that lives on my street none of them would have ever heard of it know about what it is give a fuck so why am I sitting here getting heated about it it's not real it's not real um and I thought that was really really powerful so I thought it was a great fuck you to to those people who are online just dragging everyone to the high heavens you can't wait to bring people down you can't wait for somebody to fuck up who who feel the world should be padded for them you know yeah no and I that's that's not real life No, it's not real life. And you just see that people don't want to listen. They're not truly listening to what's being said. Exactly. I loved your point about that. 
I'm shocked by that. I see it all the time. I'm working on it in my own life, just trying to really listen to somewhat what someone's saying and also be clear about what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So he's and very he was, clear. Yeah, very concise in his message. And I, I really liked it. I was laughing. I was gasping. I was covering my face. Me and too. at the end, I had tears in my eyes. You know, Me too. So I, thought it, I thought it was excellent. Good. Me too. Great news. This week, I, I had a lot of like stress after you put that episode out because my, the last thing I want to do is hurt people's feelings. And I know I had a lot of stress as well. High stress. I, d- I didn't. It. I didn't want to like hurt anyone's feelings about the fat suit stuff, but also ultimately, I have to be realistic about how I feel. I know that my feelings about that specific issue are not what what is popular in culture, um, and because I don't care about it as an issue particularly I am sorry that me not caring about it could be hurtful to people but because I don't care about it it's not a hill I'm willing to die on and that was a good lesson for me because I'm like this is shit I just don't want to fucking talk about because I don't care enough to talk about it and I don't want to get in hot water over it um or hurt anyone's feelings more importantly on the other hand we did have listener feedback that was like really really good and illuminating and very positive like the conversation in the dms regarding that conversation was really really positive like what and i felt i learned a lot from it time for some listener feedback um i'll read one as i said i really like don't know how much i want to necessarily get into my opinions about it but the over the overarching sort of feeling was that Fat suits are frequently, most frequently used in a like derogatory, making and, fun um, of it kind of making way. fun of fat people, which yes. I completely agree is is a totally different thing than Renee wearing the fat suit to be the killer. I That's, those are two agree different things. Too. Yeah. Um, and this listener says, anytime I've seen a movie or show that uses a fat suit, it's portrayed overweight people poorly and trivializes or ignores associated and physical, mental and physical struggle. So if someone can list some movies that don't do that, I'd be open to changing my view. I find fat suits offensive, not for how they look, but I find them offensive because 99% of the time uh, when the actors and actresses wear fat suits, it's in a way to mock and hate on fat people. I don't think I've seen a movie in my life where I've seen fat suits used in a non-offensive way. That's my opinion. So the same thing as the other comment. Yeah, that basically was everyone writing in for why they didn't like fat suits. That's basically their vibe. And then, you know, specifically in Shallow How, how there's no other way that they could have done that movie no. without the use of a fat suit specifically. So maybe that wasn't the best example for me to give because... What do you mean it's not a good example? They weren't making Because it's fun. not... The no, message because- of that movie was to support that you are beautiful no matter what your weight is. And they needed to show her as the yeah. fat woman to tell that story. So that's actually a beautiful movie about that concept. Yeah. So it's not, that wasn't making fun of fat people at all. That was shining the flashlight on the judgment that people have against, against people, yeah, for their weight. Exactly. And that's one of the, like one of the comments about that movie that we had is that, from um, a listener, Ellie, I feel like Shallow Howl, the fat suit was used to make a point and share a message. Yes, you could argue that Gwyneth's character was offensive, but the point was that Hal only saw the beauty in people. And even after the spell was broken, he still loved her. It had nothing to do with the way she looked, but how she made him feel and the way she lived. Exactly. I feel like the idea of the movie is to give everyone a chance because sometimes the prettiest girls are the ugliest and they really did a good job of that. They really did, yeah. We had another user write in, who says, as a fat person, it always makes me feel more marginalized than I already am. Fat people are treated differently by doctors when it comes to jobs, um, you name it. The world assumes fat people are less than and fat suits are offensive. That movie is in in many ways to be beyond offensive. Um, I got to disagree there. Um, she goes on to say, the hardest part is many doctors don't treat the person, they treat the fat and the number on the scale. There is so much around people's there's so much energy around people's bodies that shouldn't be. It's a culture problem created by the the media and it's much worse for women than it is for men. And she says, thanks for t- tackling this tough issue. 
and we chatted for a while um and that made me feel better when I started hearing from like different groups of people but at first I was just like fuck like am I just like misunderstanding this um whole issue completely and as I said ultimately my views are not popular on this it's not something I'm willing to like get into like a conversation about it um I'd rather talk about other things at the end of the day I look at this like I look at so many other issues and it's it's your body and it's your choice Mm -hmm. I know that some people have underlying health conditions and it's not their choice that their body is fat or thin or whatever it is but if you choose to live that way then that's your choice I felt the exact same this week I was so worried that I might have hurt anybody's feelings because that's the last thing I'd want to do too while at the same time speaking what's yeah my, my opinion on things and what's been my experience so it's a it's an interesting uh, position we've put ourselves in here, Annabelle. We are. I mean, it's like anything that we discuss <laughs> that is controversial, whether it's Dave Chappelle special or the vaccine, whatever it is. It's like these are conversations that the world is having. It would be weird if we weren't having them. And I'm just, I had to think about it a lot this week. I'm just not willing to get to this point where it's like I am no longer thinking, speaking, sharing what. I believe what out I of fear feel out of fear I should hope that the listeners at this point now know like who we are as people and also that we're absolutely willing and love having conversation and like will like tell us why we're wrong like that's yeah. why we're here is to have difficult conversations tell me death. why what I just said is really fucked up <laughs> yeah exactly because otherwise how do we like how does anyone learn right yeah exactly we all learn from each other and we can think about all the people that are on the Instagram or listening to the pod and we share the things and it's like it, the point is is we're trying to think here we're trying to think and share and learn and experience and that's basically why you and I come here every week one hour later, podcast over. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, I just, you know, had some random tidbits to offer you this week. It's kind of a smorgasbord of little lessons along the way the last seven yeah, days. I'm sure you have some tidbits to offer me as well. Um, show me your tidbits, baby. <laughs> I'll show you my, I'll show you my titties. <laughs> Well, I have a little exciting update that I'll start with. About your tits. I've seen your titties. That's old news. Oh, <laughs> leave my titties alone. I was going to say that I had a very exciting breakthrough this week. Oh my Last... God, that's so everybody. Yeah, I mentioned in the past that I had this dream where I was on the roller coaster, the Star Wars roller coaster at Disneyland with our dear Chelsea Hamill, who's dad is Luke Skywalker, blah, blah, blah. And I'm waiting in line and with her and I'm, and I'm scared to go on the ride. And she's like, it's fine. You'll be fine. Little kids are doing it. Is this the dream or is this real life? This was the dream. Okay. And I didn't go on the ride. I made her tell me all the twists and turns. And then I stepped over the ride and they all went on without me. And I shared that I had been doing that my whole life at amusement parks. Remember me saying that? I would yeah. wait in line, not get on the ride, wait for everyone on the other side because I was too afraid to have that experience. And that, I think, was like the way I was living life in a lot of ways. Well, a couple of weeks ago, I went to Disneyland and I went on that ride. <laughs> yeah, good. good for you. Did you piss your little pants? It was so not scary. And I thought <laughs> there were little, there were little five and four year olds on it. And I thought I was going to get, I was in line with them and I was going to do it. I was going to wait while they went on it and I was going to be at the exit. And I thought, fuck that, fuck this. I am not living in fear anymore. And when I went on it and it was like laughable, how not scary it was. And I got off and I thought, wow, look at that. That spell is now broken for me. That mm -hmm. that was a scary thing that I couldn't handle. Yeah. Look at how powerful that is in our lives. We have all these spells that we're under. Mm -hmm. and 
are you willing to break them? Are you willing to take yeah. that risk and break that spell and move into that new level of, ex- of existence? It's it a choice. Very, yeah, it is a choice. And it was very, very powerful for me to do that for myself. So I just thought, hey, let's all remind ourselves to break through those spells, take those risks and, get, and just make it makes your world bigger when you do that. Yeah. When you have all these spells that you've put in place for yourself, I can't do this. I can't do that. This is too scary. This is too overwhelming. Well, the limitations, your world you becomes use like a, yeah, your world becomes very small and you become paralyzed in a lot of ways. And then you don't even remember that you're living small anymore. It just becomes your normal. So let's not do that. Let's break out of that. Live a big life. That's one of the things I've noticed since leaving LA is like how very small my life felt there. I mean, not that my like not that I'm living like some big life here. If anything, I'm living like a much more pastoral kind of you're transitioning through a lot of stuff simple life but but looking um, back you're able to see how small it was for you yeah it it was it was I didn't really like do very much I was just like very in on my grind and like in my patterns and um you know it just it wasn't, I wasn't really living in, in a lot of ways. Um, I think, which is, I know a weird thing to say, but I think a lot of us do that. A, a lot, lot of us, of do, us do that. And yeah, um, just going through the motions and yeah, I just, I just don't want that to be my life. And like you said, with, with the scary stuff that, that frightens us to do or think about or whatever. I've had so much fear, I think, in my life about so many different things. And one of the weird side effects of of the crash is that it's kind of eliminated a lot of fear for me, which I know is like a grief um, kind of symptom as well. But it has, it's kind of made me think like, well, the worst has happened, you know, so. There's um, nothing to be afraid of now. And if I can survive, you know, even if it's not the worst, God fucking willing, the worst has happened. But you know, if I can survive it, then, you know, not really that scary out there. Not yeah. really that scary. <laughs> yeah. So now I'm out here in Santa Barbara. I be on Instagram promoting doing less, do nothing, rest, have some tea, <laughs> like expand your mind, expand yes. your body, expand your inner world. I think maybe that's more the point I'm trying to make is like, I feel like my inner world is much more enriched since I've left that uh, little cycle I was on. Yeah. Which has made me hungrier to live. Me too. Not to compare, you know, going on. No, I, but to I was going to ask you. No, no, no. I'm, but I was going to ask you, has it made you now like want to do like a bunch of other shit? It, uh, it did. Mm. I was able to see wow, we think we know who we are. All this time, I defined myself by, oh, I don't go on, no, that's too, I don't go on um, roller coasters like that. Yes, I do. (laughs) Yes, I do. We don't know who we are. We actually have no idea who we are. We have constructed this limited personality. We walk a very, very narrow road with, with these barriers on both sides, it's like being in a bowling lane with those bumpers on both sides. So yeah. that there's no chance of getting a gutter ball. Like it's not bowling. <laughs> yeah. no, it really isn't. Actually, now you're saying this. Wow. So you remember how a couple of weeks ago we were talking about like doing shit that scares us and you were like, I'm going to climb a tree. And I was like, yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm going to make some plans. Which I haven't done yet. Yes. Fucking awesome. You did go on the Star Wars ride though. That's, yes, yes, I think, yes, yes. I think that counts as climbing a tree. Okay, good. Um, I made You said plans. you were going to make plans, which you did. Mm-hmm. I did. Um, and I went and saw a friend who I haven't seen in ages because she's been in Germany through quarantine or whatever. Um, and we had a really nice time. It was really good to see her. It was really lovely to just like hear all about her life in Germany and 
you know, she's just got this talk about opening and expanding your horizons. You know, she kind of lived there by accident and now she loves it. And, you know, she's got this whole other life and world now, which I think is just so inspiring. It was interesting. I had a really nice time and I don't want to make the experience negative because it wasn't. But it was a bit of a breakthrough experience for me because I I found myself not really knowing how to be. And, you know, we obviously talked about the crash. She had questions I haven't seen her since everything. Um, and this is one of the closest people to me in my life. And she obviously got really emotional. And, and I couldn't let, I wouldn't let myself cry or get emotional. And, you know, I'd kind of gone into the day, like feeling like, okay, this is going to be good. I need to make this good and make this a positive experience because I don't want to like traumatize myself and not see other people and put my makeup on and I made sure my outfit felt good and all of those things. And, and I just was like a bit uncomfortable the whole time because I just, I didn't want to be too sad, but I didn't want to be too happy. And I didn't want to be talking about Ryan too much, but I didn't want to not talk about Ryan. I didn't want to not answer her questions about the crash. And I, but I didn't want to really talk about the crash. And I just felt like uncomfortable. And, um, you know, when she was recounting that day that I had, had texted her about the crash and everything on the day, um, this look of just like terror was was in her eyes. And that's the look that everyone has when they remember that day and talk to me. And I just, yeah. I felt so sort of like destroyed by that. Just the, the trauma that everyone, even far and wide has had to endure by just receiving that text message or that call that day. And it's very visible in people's eyes. And I'm sure that's a strange thing to have to feel like you need to be there for someone else as they recount that day. That must be very strange. And every time I see somebody, every time I see somebody, that's, that's what it is. And I think that's the big part of why I've avoided seeing people because I don't want to relive it again. And again, I also don't know their perspective I don't know how to be I don't know how exactly to be how much to share what not to share um and see and that Annabelle is why you didn't want to make the plans that's why I haven't been making plans I haven't the fact that you did make the plans and that you sat in that discomfort and you witnessed all those things flowing through you that's a miracle. Congratulations. That, that is the concept we're talking about is taking that leap, taking those bumpers off of your bowling lane so that you don't know what'll happen. That's called risk. The breakthrough is, you know, I cried on the way home and I cried a lot when I got home and, you know, that's me. The breakthrough is me doing the act. Like you said, and putting myself in the position that I knew was going to be hard and I knew I didn't want to do and I knew why pushing through it coming out the other side and just breaking that first layer of contact with people yeah. and that's what I've been avoiding so deeply is because I know that it's going to be hard every time and when I was crying at home it was because I was like I knew it was going to be like this I just don't want everything to be like this all the time like grief is touching everything everyone's traumatized I feel so bad for everyone I feel I just want to make everything better blah blah blah, all of that stuff but you know exactly what you were avoiding yeah it's exactly what I was avoiding but I cannot avoid it right and that's the problem and that's why I've been isolating myself away from everyone because I don't want to feel that I don't I'm so I don't want to fucking cry anymore but I have to, <laughs> you know, and that's it. That week I like canceled all my therapy. I was just having a week where I was like, I don't want to think about grief or pain, depression or Ryan or Max or anything sad. Like, I just want to go and see my fucking friend, but I can't, that's not real life. Well, now it can be it is because I've it, broken yeah. through that thing, but I had to do the breakthrough. You had to do that. Exactly. And what that the knock-on for that is like with this um I can never say what it's called EDMR EMDR the fuck's it called I don't remember I can never remember it either EMDR EMDR EDMR 
the trauma therapy I'm doing, it is actually working. And I don't really know like how it's working, but it is bringing shit up. And that breakthrough led to the following thing, which was going to the cinema. I've been dreading going to the cinema all year because that's what Ryan and I used to do together. Like we loved going to the cinema. That was one of our little date things we did. I never used to go to the cinema before really ever. And he and I would go all the time. And this was your first time going again. First time going. And it's like, after the crash, I was like dreading James Bond, dreading the new Paul McCartney album, dreading Ghostbusters. So many things. Look at this. Look at all these limitations. Yeah, exactly. It was like all of these barriers that I that I was just like I cannot like I can't let alone can I not see it I don't want to hear about it I I want it to never come out right I went to the cinema and I thought about Ryan the whole time I went to see James Bond I fucking loved it I wouldn't have in a million years gone and seen James Bond before I met Ryan he converted me to somebody that's interested in that just want to be very clear it's only Daniel Craig James Bond um so not the uh, Pierce Brosnan. Oh no, Pierce Brosnan. Pierce. Pierce, yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, I've got a soft spot for Pierce Brosnan because I did all his stunt double. Oh, that's right. I remember this. The ones Pierce before story. honestly seem like a bunch of soft kisses to me. And I'm not interested Except in that. Except for Sean Connery, you know, he's yeah, when he was younger, yeah. But then the mustache and it just looks like a lot of soft kissing. I don't like soft kissing, it makes me feel sick. So was Daniel so, Craig soft kissing? No, hard. He's not a soft kisser. He's just a come here. I'm gonna kiss you, (laughs) and you're gonna like it. I'll fucking slap you, ass bitch. Um. (laughs) So we went to see it, and that's what women want. Shit. I do. I want to be grabbed, pushed around. Kiss me right now, bitch. Will throws (laughs) me around constantly. He's always just (laughs) shoving me in the walls, and just you know yanking okay okay anyway James Bond (laughs) um but it was such a good film I thought about Ryan the whole time and it was oh Lucy I just it was the most I've missed him oh in so long because I was just like I do have to say though Annabelle you were so happy after you went to the movie I felt relieved because you were so happy. I had so, so much giddy. tension. You were excited. You were writing me all about the movie and how fun it was to go to the movies. And I think it was really healing for you. And it's, it was, it's cumulative. Um, courage adds up. You don't just get it overnight. You have to work on right. it. You have to practice courage. So you going to meet your honorary German friend <laughs> and going through that, led you to the courage to go to the theater and confront James Bond. It adds up and it propels you forward. It keeps you moving and it gives you a lot of momentum. Yeah. It's the relief of the thing being done. Obviously can't deny it. It's just like fucking, I was like, I've done that thing now. The relief Um, after the star Wars ride was immense. Yeah, exactly. Like you just, you're just like, it's like when you it put something off, off for ages, like a task, and then you just do it and you're just like, fucking hell, this would have been so much easier if I'd just done this before. But so obviously grief, easier. grief is different. It's, you can't, that, that thing can be applied to like almost all other things, but sure. grief, you kind of just gotta, its like, own do shit when it, you feel when things are right to do. It's moment to um, moment. Exactly. And um, one of the things I wanted to say about that experience of being at the cinema, just just from a grief perspective, because uh, I know that we've got a lot of uh, a lot of weepy, griefy bitches listening, just like me, um, <laughs> is that I missed him so much during the film, and it was the most I've missed him in a long time. And I thought this is fucking stupid and embarrassing that I'm just like, and it's almost it makes me feel like guilty that like the most I've missed him in ages is at the James Bond film because I was like, I want to know what he would think about the watch, and oh my god, he would love that car, and. I wanted to ask him questions and I knew he'd fancy the girl in the Cuban like uh, scenes. And I knew that he would be so frightened by the way that they had Blofeld tied up. And I knew, you know, I knew all this stuff and I knew that at the end he'd be blobbing. There's a little, there's a little teddy bear that's in the, in the movie. And I've got this teddy that I sleep with and I can just imagine him like grabbing my hand and being like, it's heffalump. Do you know what I mean? Just like all of that. Yeah. And it made me miss him so much and that tension was building obviously also by the way 
uh there's lots of like car chases and crashes in it so that was a oh, little um I, think about I was fine for most of the movie but then there was one scene where I was just like where like much. a family was in the car and I was just like I it was like making my heart go a little bit and I was like it's okay it's just a film this isn't your situation um but does do people know what's happened at the end of James Bond right everyone knows I don't know I'm going to see it tonight okay so you don't want to know what happens at the end I don't care tell me because you know it's Daniel Craig's last James Bond oh I didn't know that Okay, so, all right, it's Daniel Craig's last James Bond. So basically, look, at the end of the film, there's a million fucking things in this film that triggerized me. There's friendship deaths, there's daddy deaths, there's, like, love, there's love of your life. Cat death. There's all rolled into horse, mice, rat, (laughs) like, every, everyone's fucking dying. Um, I'm sitting there at the end, in the end scene, and I am blobbing let me tell you because it's every death rolled into one and I'm just sitting there going (laughs) (laughs) so much my friend like grabbed the handkerchief out of his pocket he's like oh my god take it because I lost it at the end but it wasn't just about the film it was the tension relief of like getting through the grief milestone and I just wanted to share that with anyone because there are so many of these little things in grief that feel so silly. You can be like, oh, this like bread reminds me of them and start crying in the grocery store. And it's like, you're not a freak. It's not weird. It's not unusual. You know, having like a nervy bee at the end of James Bond, like obviously that was going to happen. And it's, it's okay. I didn't feel embarrassed. I knew it was coming. I knew I had to like break through the thing. And now I like can't wait to go to the cinema again. I can't wait to see Ghostbusters. I felt like I spent time with Ryan in some weird way. Um, I was going to say he was there with you. You had that experience with him. Yeah. I felt very specifically that like I didn't with Ryan. I felt like I was encouraged to go. Mm -hmm. It was like, you got to go. Going, yeah. Like by him rather than with him. But I knew that he was like, it was like, I could feel like laughter or something. I don't know. It's weird. It's weird to describe the way that you feel people with you after they're gone in different situations. But um, the breakthroughs for me have all been grief related and progress related as far as me moving through these next scary steps of like, not, I've been living in my grief, Lucy, and now I'm, it's time for me to live with it. Mm-hmm. Um. And that's been my big breakthrough, if that's what we're talking about today. And that is what we're talking about, breakthrough. Because after help comes breakthrough, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. The natural progression Um, from asking for help, offering help. The point of help is to have breakthrough. Yeah. Move forward, progress. Yeah. Yeah, big time. Um, And you've asked for a lot of help and received a lot of help without being able to ask. And you've done that for yourself in showing up for your therapy, in making sure that you eat right, in not drinking alcohol for a while. That's all helping yourself. Mm. And this is the reward are these breakthroughs. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you've earned it. Same, like same with you. And you've you know you've taken yourself out of that cult situation you've got yourself given yourself a break got yourself in a nice relationship you're doing therapy you're doing you've asked for help yeah many 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 in a lot of ways you know and you wouldn't be in the situation that you're in if you hadn't gone fuck I need some help amen you can ask for help in a lot of ways why have I gone quiet can you hear me? You've gone quiet. Why? I can't hear you. <laughs> She's held up a sign that says Mercury. We can't hear each other anymore. Well, um, I'm going to call you on the phone. Uh, we're on the phone what's up fucking mercury it's because we're idiots (laughs) it's mercury what i wanted Um, to say what i was trying to say to you is it's like you literally are saying 
I was watching your Instagram the other day and like your lives you've been doing and like reading into camera and stuff and you literally you know I hate that stuff you wouldn't have done that when I first met you you wouldn't have done that that's so hard for me to do lives but I'm forcing myself because I don't want to be confined anymore exactly and that's why I'm saying it's like you've asked for help and now you're having breakthroughs as a result of it you would never have put your face on your Instagram before when I met you never I would die first well, and now I first like waste. <laughs> I don't care if I don't look perfect. I don't care if it's not perfect. I just want Good. to live free, free, available for help. Like we said, help and be helped. And it comes, it's asked for in a million different ways. It's not always literal helping ourselves. And then these breakthroughs are the reward. So let's keep, let's keep Let's just breaking through, breaking down walls, breaking through, breaking down walls, saying fuck you to fear. I can do it. I can. I am valuable. I am worthy. I am enough. I deserve this. I deserve freedom and happiness and breakthroughs and a big life. I want above all a big life. I want a big life in the sunshine. Can I read you a quote that was in James Bond, which is literally perfect for this conversation? I'm going to hang up on you because I can hear you again in my headphones. Okay, bye. Okay. Can't wait. What is it? (laughs) Okay. The proper function of man is to live, not exist. I shall not waste my days in trying to prolong them. I shall use my time. (sighs) Love you. Love you!